Storymakers. I'm Angie Powers. I'm Elizabeth Stark. And, and this, this is Storymakers Show. And today on Storymakers, we're going to talk about chapters, which is actually more complex than that. But first, what are you working on? I am really in a you know idea collection phase right now. I had an idea <laughs> last week <laughs> on which I've taken no action. And so really but you I'm, remember it. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna, you know, sometimes I do that. I'll make um like my productive time is really about creating ideas. So focusing on, you know, for the next thirty days I'm gonna generate three ideas a day yeah. and then somewhere in there after you've gotten ninety ideas, mm-hmm. one of them is probably okay. Some of them might even be Related, right? Being, Absolutely. Be part of one thing. It could be. You, I remember you had a thing of like look through the newspaper mm-hmm. for ideas, different things like that. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, so Plus that's what I'm working on. Just, you are just doing a lot of work right now on other sort of un, somewhat unrelated things, which is probably leaving you with not that much time. Not that much time, no. But, but you know how it is. Like the more you do, the more you can get done. I so. do, I guess, Yeah. I mean, there is, of course, (laughs) a limit, but yeah. Yeah. How about you? Well, I am kind of vacillating between working really hard on my revision and then thinking about your diffuse mode. And today is a big work day for me. So I I guess I love how it's my diffuse mode. Your diffuse mode, yes. So today I'm in your diffuse mode Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little bit. Um, And hopefully it's just having a powerful, powerful impact on the work that is not happening. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I'm excited about it. I mean, I like I like writing and revising. I just don't like waiting. That's really the only part. Yeah, you know, we used to have that in one of our classes. There was like a whole period that we called marination. Well, yeah, and like Kenneth Atchity in A Writer's Time talks mm-hmm. about taking vacations, which you mentioned the other day, mm-hmm. and scheduling these regular vacations. So, And then there's the artist's date. I mean, there's a lot about kind of the other side of, of enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm also organizing the Rialto screening for Lost in the Middle. So that will be Thursday, April 23rd in the evening. And Guinevere Turner will be there. Lex Vaughn will be there. And we're about to find out who else will be there. And hopefully our whole (laughs) cast and crew will be there. We're we're doing this via podcast. Hi, everybody. Hope you can come. (laughs) All right. Just kidding. Um, But anyway, and of course, Angie will be there. And it'll be a really fun event. So plan to come down to Sebastopol, up to Sebastopol, over to Sebastopol, down to the Rialto, mm-hmm. and uh, join us. Yes. The Rialto is pretty awesome. They have good food, too. Mm-hmm. So it cannot be said for most movie theaters. No. Yeah. Also, Sonoma County Writers Camp enrollment will be open as of today, the day the podcast is released. Yeah, yeah. So you can go to SonomaCountyWritersCamp.com and backslash shop is the place mm-hmm. to get the go to the products. If, if right now, you, I mean, no, it is now. I'm yeah. so happy about that. <laughs> it's open. Go sign up. We have three amazing camps uh, coming up this year in 2020. The first one's in April. So, so that's coming right yeah, up. If you need a bout of inspiration, can you tell me beauty. anything about it? About camp? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we have three different 
camp topics. And that's partly because some people come to more than one. And so we want them to have a really different experience. And also, Ellen and I don't really like teaching the same thing. So we, we really love it. And you actually have some here. really fundamentally different kind approaches. of yeah, yeah, approaches. Yeah, but they work really well. People actually really enjoy getting that kind of range of, of kind of stretches. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one that starts, it's April 29th to May 3rd, is called Feeding the Muse, How to Nurture Creativity, Spark Inspiration, and Master Productivity. The one in early August is called Talk to Me, Voice and Point of View in Fiction and Memoirs. And the one uh, September 30th to October 4th is called Learning from the Masters, Exploring Craft Through Reading and Writing. And that one is actually going to, we're going to run it a little bit differently than we run the other mm. one. So it's going to be kind of a slightly new experience. Bum, bum, bum. So um, we have um, we have some great authors already lined up. Um, we have a couple of great agents lined up. And we're going to bring, I think, an editor for, for the third for that panel. Um, Shannon Hughes is an improv uh, teacher and fun. she's going to come to a master workshop with us on improv so which is a great way to tap into creativity and to say yes yes to yourself and yes to your creative partners whoever they are maybe the other voices in your head <laughs> anyway so that gives you an idea and then they go from there and and everyone can sign up for for all of them or any of them starting today fantastic so you heard it here first that's right go um, and you, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's kind of all the excitement over that, here. That's good. So a couple people wrote me this week asking about chapters. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, and they're both people who I've edited, so I think partly it might come from something I say. <laughs> Was it something I said? Um, but but um, but I will read you um, a little bit, just the little query, and then um, and then um, you can we can sort of discuss it because and yeah. I think we can think about it in terms of both film and narrative because um it has to do with what gets grouped together and it also has to do with transitions right as you mentioned so um so here it is here's a craft issue i'm struggling with as i near completion of the next big draft of my novel and it relates to some feedback you gave me a couple of years ago i believe your feedback was something like don't wrap things up in each chapter let the tension develop through the novel i find this a lot with people who are doing first novels is that there's a tendency to sort of make each chapter kind of like a standalone story Mm -hmm. or to to deliver something that really is ongoing, but give all the backstory and give the maybe the conclusion rather than letting it sort of... That's tough, right? It is really tough because we don't know. If you were talking to a person individually mm-hmm. and you were going to organize information for that person, knowing what you know about them, you would say, you know what, they need to know this. This particular kind of person needs this. When you're writing a novel, you don't always know who is going to be the recipient of this sharing of knowledge. And so gauging what people need and and giving it to them can be tough. I also think sometimes just a story gets downloaded um, maybe completely, but the art of the novel is to then say, okay, in this moment, this is what we actually know narratively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we're wondering, you know, what's going to happen or what happened in the past. And to let the reader wonder and to play those things out across the whole novel is part of what we love about reading a novel, about being lost in a long Mm -hmm. journey. Yeah. Um, so I think so, sometimes it's, it's drafting so, versus revision. Anyway, to continue, 
<laughs> she says, I've been reading uh, Louise Penny's Inspector Gamache series for fun. And it seems to me that she jumps out of one character's head and into another's just as things have come to a boil, which sometimes seems a little contrived to me and frustrating, but I keep reading. Mm -hmm. The Dutch house is interesting, too, and more artful, maybe, with Patchett moving back and forth in time, revealing a little more of the story with each shift. Anyway, I love a page turner. I love a page turner, but feel flummoxed about how to write one. Would love some insight into ways to accomplish this. So, thank you for this beautifully written query, <laughs> right? Like, there you go. That's like all we need for this episode. Yes. <laughs> Louise Penny and the Dutch House. <laughs> so, that's the topic. And then somebody else brought it up in another craft class mm -hmm. about, about chapters and when to end. And so, I have a couple thoughts, and I thought it would also be interesting to find out how you think about it in film, and I know with Lost in the Middle that you you took a, an early sort of what we might call chapter and broke it up into yes. two parts and then moved one to much later. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I think that's part of, you know, maybe we can just talk about sure. that. Well, why don't you say more? Uh, well, no, why don't you launch into some of your thinking? Okay. As if you were going to address the questionnaire, <laughs> what would you, how would you respond? So... Um, so one is that a chapter is definitely not a short story, and and that causes a lot of problems in workshops because people read a chapter and they say, I didn't understand this and this and this. And in a short story, that might be a problem if you finish it and you're like, wait, I'm baffled. But with a chapter, often it's the what it's what you don't understand that drives you forward to the next. Not, you know, mm. muddied, confused writing or events, but... Why did they do that? Mm -hmm. What's what's at stake? What is well, they reference something, but what is it? You know, and 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 so you move forward. So so a chapter is not a story, and it's not complete. And in fact, that ending to the chapter is very much about transition. And and film, I think, is extremely useful because. Um, and one of the things Matt Bird has talked with me about is getting to the end of a chapter and raising some kind of question that. Um, especially where you're making a jump, like a jump in point of view or, or a jump in time, that so that and this is I'm sure from film, but that when you then jump to the next chapter, you land somewhere that is answering the question you've raised in the end of the first of the of the end of the chapter, and I think that's very useful for those kind of big jumps because. Sometimes it's so frustrating as a reader if you're going along and you're really engaged in a story and then you're asked to jump and you're you jump somewhere and you're like, why am I here? Why do I care? I want. I care so much about what was happening before, and I don't want to leave it. Mm -hmm. This actually puts me in mind of. I'm trying to remember who talked about it, so we'll have to do some research and put it in the show notes. Yes, we can. Um, but someone was actually talking about tension and release, mm -hmm. and how in narrative in narrative massage. <laughs> no, um, bar class in bar class. <laughs> But the idea being that, you know, you are creating concern, worry, you know, that that uncomfortable feeling within your reader. And if you let them off the hook too soon, they're going to be disappointed. That it, yes. and that you're gonna have to do a fair amount of work to get that tension back to where it was. So I guess what I think about when you have a longer work, and I think what you were talking about with my film is slightly different, but when you have a longer work, you are, you're just moving so many things at once. And so 
having an awareness about what your reader's worried about is really important. And the reason I think, you, you know, our question writer is frustrated when someone does something is that A, it, it may not always be done well. So then you're left in this situation where you're not getting something answered and you're super aware of it. Right. Or if and, you feel a little manipulated. Right. It can be, but sometimes it still works. Sometimes you're like, I, I'm being manipulated and it's working. Right. Um, so I think that that awareness of like where your reader is, is one of the big things. And so, you know, how, what, what constitutes a chapter can be so many things, like right. so many things. And a novel doesn't have a single shape. See, I think it's very different, a different question than what is a scene. And I think mm-hmm. a scene is, is more, is easier to define. Yeah. Right? I mean, I would say, and in some ways you, you could do this sort of Aristotle. Or at least I feel way. more invested in a more concrete and specific set of requirements for a scene. It's all, I mean, I think there's, is it, is it, it's like, is it Aristotle, the sort of unity of time, place, and mm-hmm. something else? Time, place, and... Attention! I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm drinking green tea right now in an <laughs> the, effort the, to the, wake the up. The second half of the podcast may be more lively. But no, I think, so So scene is more like, okay, this, you know, it is it is like there's the unity of time and place at least, plus whatever else. Um, and I think those things can be very, that, that, is, that is true. If you move time or place, you're moving out of scene, not necessarily out of a chapter, not necessarily out of a, a whole mm-hmm. piece. But not in the scene anymore. I guess what I would say, and this is going to be a little bit abstract, but to a certain extent, when you're creating a structure, you have a single overarching question that is the story question. And you can't answer that too quickly. Everything you do is going to be in the service of that question. Can you give an example of a story question in something? Well, in Wizard of Oz, is she going to get home? Right. Pretty simple. It's not a complicated (laughs) thing in all cases. Um, And, of course, the books are really interesting because she doesn't seem particularly uh, freaked out. (laughs) And, in fact, there's a whole scene when she goes that's not in the movie where she goes to fight the witch and she gets kidnapped by the witch and, in fact, becomes being made a servant. Mm. And the, the water that she throws on the witch is actually... Uh, Dorothy losing her temper after having been in so much t- a time of servitude and then seeing one of her friends now also captured. So it's a different story. It's an anti-slavery. Yeah. And so it's... it's class rising up. Right. Story. So, um, so with regard t- to that, you have that underlying question. And then you have these smaller questions. So, okay, is she going to get home is the big story question. The next question is, okay, well... If she, what does she have to do? Like, is there a way? Seems like there might be. But is there someone who could help her? And that person, she, of course, is the wizard. So that right? she spends a scene like asking people, like, who can help me get home? Right. And then, oh, how do I get there? And right. So what we haven't done is answered the question, will she get home? And we haven't answered the question, what you know, what does she need to do entirely? We know that she needs to go see the wizard. So then she starts off and she meets somebody, right? And then you're like, is this person safe? We've just met a witch. We've met, you know, the munchkins. We've met all these things. So now the scarecrow isn't unambiguously like, oh, fun and good. Well, is he going to help her or harm her journey? Is he going to be an ally or an obstacle? So I would think in, in sort of something that was maybe like a traditional, like maybe sequence approach, a chapter would be a sequence of some kind mm-hmm. that had an underlying question that moves the story forward. 
and would be resolved to a certain extent, but left with uh, you know this key bit of information, which is the resolution should open something else up. Like if you're going to wrap up your chapter, um, it isn't that we're stringing along one question over and over and over. What it is is we're getting some kind of resolution. Either she, you know, gets to the wizard or she doesn't. Either she will get through the field of poppies or she won't, right? I will also say, because people are watching so much high-quality television, mm-hmm. much, much more than I am, but um, and, and, the, and sort of an episode does a lot of this work. Like, you mm-hmm. watch an episode, you feel you've had this whole kind of experience, and then at the end, you feel like you have to keep going. Right. And I think with something like television, then you're also, again, looking at the framework because different formats have different structure. Mm-hmm. So a, a traditional network show really wouldn't necessarily do that. No, it would reset. Yeah. But I think then that's even that just stopped happening more and more. Right. And became less and less uh, satisfying right. when it did reset. So I do think you have these... Um, Right. You have these television shows right now that I think that they are planning so far in advance that they have a sense of what are the each piece, and then you have stuff based on literature, right? So it's taking that kind of it's really using and then building off of that. Yeah. So and then and then you have something like all the light you cannot see, where the chapters are really really short. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're almost sometimes it is just a scene. Mm -hmm. Very often, I think I would say in that book, without going back and specifically checking, it's like there's a scene, Mm -hmm. and then you cut to a different scene with the with the other character. And so, so in that event, what ties those together? I, I suspect just because it's pretty lyrical that there's some um, visual poetry happening around just the leap, you know, kind mm-hmm. of some. And um, and then I think because you're going back and forth, so again, like film, but more like uh, going back and forth between two images in a, in a single scene. Mm-hmm. So you, but, but you kind of know they're going to collide, right? We were, we were just talking in craft class about the dog and the truck, which somebody talked, some professor talked about in grad school about, you know, you, you show footage of a of a truck wheel barreling down the street, and then you see a little dog, like, walking toward a curb, and then you see the big truck wheel barreling down the street, little dog walking toward the curb. And you can do this for quite a while because the audience is creating a narrative where these two are going to collide and is worried about right. it, right? So there's that. So I think that's some of what's happening with all the light you cannot see. Each mm-hmm. each situation has high stakes and intense characterization and all of that, and then you're... And then you're being forced away from a world that you're invested in, but then you get to go right back to it. So it's a little, it's a little bit teasing. I'm I'm not familiar with that particular mm-hmm. book, so I couldn't really speak to it. Um, and again, you know, because the novel is such a malleable form, it's not. Well, it's interesting that chapters are one of the things that is that are allowed to be undefined versus like scene or mm-hmm. arc. I'm sure someone is like, no, everything you're saying about chapters is true about scenes and sentences and, you know, that comma. So um, that person is appreciating your your imitation of them. You know what? They're being represented by a Muppet, and that Muppet (laughs) is kind of awesome. Who doesn't like the Muppet? Nobody. Um, Here's a a metaphor I want to bring up, because it keeps coming up because I have a number of people who... I, some of them I know and some of them I suspect are very good and adept at entertaining, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. like one of them I know, struggling to finish a novel. I, I think it's really close to done and beautiful. Um, 
And she's somebody who throws all kinds of dinner parties and parties and whatever. And, but, you know, but she's a perfectionist about this novel, and, which is fine. I mean, she's in this, she's working on it. I think as long as you're working on it, that's okay. But, but I was thinking, you know, a dinner is one of those things where you, it's, you have a deadline and you do the best you can. And, um, and you think about the parts and the flow and how people are going to move from one thing to the next and what the expectations are. So if you, if you come and sit down and there are three plates piled on each setting, right, and a bowl and many, you know, you Which know you're apparently things. not supposed to lick. If you have a soup bowl in front of you at a dinner party, don't pick it up and lick it because you might not get it back. <laughs> Someone else will end up with your soup bowl and yeah. you'll feel awkward. Yes. Hypothetically. That, hypothetically, that would be a good plan. So um, so with these more amorphous things like chapters, you're creating an experience for a guest mm-hmm. who is going, and you, are, and you are sort of manipulating things, but in the best sense, in the sense that you're creating the flavors, you're creating the timing, you're creating the expectation, and then you're delivering And you have a surprises. really clear sense of what you want them to feel. Right. Right. You don't want, you're like, you know what, I'm going to throw a dinner party and really what I want is for everyone to sort of feel disrespected. <laughs> I mean, you might, there might be a revenge dinner, but if, if it's a revenge dinner, then you're also really clear that what you want is this particular thing. And I think a lot of folks, I think first draft, sure. Second draft. Um, sure what? First draft, sure. Write it to your I never preferences. really use chapters in my first draft. But what I'm just saying, like, whatever you're doing, write it to your own preference when you start. Absolutely. Find your passion. Write about the things you care about. Awesome. And then in revision, you need to really think about, I love your metaphor, because I think it's that's, like, a really big piece. What do you want people to feel? In the end, what do you want them to feel having read the entire book or what is the amuse-bouche of your novel, um, you know. And kind of balancing how much you're feeding them so that they remain hungry. Yeah. Through the whole meal. Yeah. And that you're juxtaposing things in a way that is unexpected but still delightful. Right. Like cilantro and hazelnuts. And you're, mm, okay. <laughs> See, and, unexpected. And you're sitting people next to each other in a way that will also create interesting engagement. Right. I like it. Yeah. So that is to say, take something that you do well mm-hmm. and know how to do and think about that, especially sort of something where you're creating an experience for somebody else, because that's what you're doing with yes. your book. And there are these pieces that, you know, through other genres, we've learned a lot, we've learned a lot or created a lot of language around structure mm-hmm. and chapters just aren't a piece like that. I mean, I don't I don't have a strong sense of how chapters impact my own reading experience much. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't, you know, I don't I think they make a big difference. I think they're a tool that can When they get like, you know, if you're writing something and we've all sort of experienced this where you're like, "Oh my gosh, how many more pages till I'm done with this chapter?" because, you know, I think maybe people of my generation have internalized this idea that you have to find out like an appropriate ending place. I can't really stop in the middle of a chapter. That's not okay. Uh, So it's just sort of interesting that they do these different things. I wanted to quickly circle back before we go to steal this because you mentioned the opening scene that we actually split up 
in Lost in the Middle. Yeah. And what that did was kind of leave this hanging question about what happened. And so that was a setup and a payoff um, that left the viewer, I mean, hopefully, mm-hmm. with a question about how how a particular event happened, what you know, what did it mean for this group and that sort of thing. Yeah. And that there's, again, hopefully that's a tension, and it's a big one. It should be one that you can sort of intuit by looking at the everything that's going on. But there's a release when you're like, now I'm not guessing. I know what happened. But I didn't want you to have that too early. Remember at the beginning of the podcast when we talked about not concluding everything, mm-hmm. but, but, and, you know, but sort of, and I guess it was what, what, right. what our, our questioner had asked about. And here is a perfect example where, um, where you wanted to give part of it and raise a question and then as we watch them, we're wondering and guessing and figuring out more until a later point in the film where we get a, a more explicit answer mm-hmm. to that question. Right. And so you've exactly done that. So along the way, you have smaller questions that come up and get resolved. So I think the thing about not tying up a chapter or a sequence is that you've shut down all the questions. If we, that's a that's what you that's, don't want. That's to what do. you do not want to do. So you, you should don't. always have like a couple more things that your characters or your you know not your characters he <laughs> kick in. That's why we're leaving you with hopefully a number of questions about chapters at the end of this conversation for you to muse upon until the next chapter of Storymaker Show when we probably won't revisit it and answer them. All right. It's time for Steal This. Amateur poets borrow. Professional poets steal. What have you come across in your wanderings and readings that you would like to take and make your own? You go first. <sighs> okay, one, I want to say my reading habits get super weird when I'm revising. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I still need to read, and I still love to read, and I... Um, I'm just not as focused because I'm sort of in the middle of figuring out my thing. So, um, so what do I want to share about that? I will say I picked up, I won't say what it is, but I picked up a book that I had tried and put down and was like completely captivated. Interesting. So I, I guess, you know, what I want to remind myself of is how much mood can impact. You know, you said what we, we think about what do we want to make the reader feel? And when we go to read, we often think, what do I want to feel? Mm-hmm. And in one mood, it's this one book is going to be just right. And in another mood, it's not going to be the right thing at all. Right. And so um, I'm actually getting to circle back to some books that have been in my pile. And it's a lot of fun. Nice. So don't give up on a book necessarily without giving it a try in a different mood. That's what I'm stealing. Right, because that's totally also the whole Netflix queue, right? The queue is filled with the things you're supposed to want to read or watch. Sorry, um, and just to remind everyone but that people you never should watch their. I queue. just want to also make a plug for your local public library right now. There are so many fantastic resources that are free. I'm thinking of Canopy right now, which has video, so it's it's like a streaming subscription, but it's free with your library card. So. 
If you haven't been to your local library recently, head on down that way. They're just such great resources. And then wouldn't it be awesome if you could take your Amazon money that's going to the evil empire and instead buy a book monthly? Look at that. Mm. Mm. Support the publishing industry. If you're going to support capitalism, support the publishing industry. All right. How about you? Well, I'm trying to think of what I've come across recently. Um, You know, the most exciting thing I think I've come across is uh, I haven't finished reading the article about it yet. (laughs) Partial. That's pretty typical. This cultural moment. And maybe in the future it won't be true, but in this cultural moment, a lot of people are having long conversations about headlines they saw in passing. Fair enough. But, um, you know, really, for me, transitions are challenging. Like, they're really tough. Mm. And Transitions, like we've been discussing? <laughs> no, in life. Oh. Like, the three-dimensional transitions. <laughs> um, I either am so immersed in what I'm doing that I get stuck, which you know. Or um, I'm so not immersed in what I'm doing and so ready to go that I'm out the door while everyone's still brushing their teeth. <laughs> and um, we do often go, let's walk the dog. And then like, I'm like, where did Angie go? And you're down the block. Yeah. Uh, not down the block. I'm waiting for you in the road. <laughs> so one of the things that I actually need is, is something that's a much more compelling Alarm. So, you know, I have this fantasy where I, I, I have all of these apps in there. None of them are working right now. You mean like wake up alarm? No, that one worked this morning. But the kind of things that say now it's time to do this. Oh, and what's, the, something, what's going to convince you? Yeah. We have so many little electronic messages coming along. Right. Oh, time to wash the dishes. Pat president's and getting impeached. And they're like... <laughs> you know, most of my alarm settings... The Merkels are moving to Canada... Time to do something else. <laughs> like, we're just ignoring it all. Merkels? The Merkels. Markle? Yeah. <laughs> I'm changing their name to Merkel. <laughs> anyway, so I'm I'm right now learning how to set up my phone to yell at me. Ooh, I feel like, like it's really... taking my my place. <laughs> I feel jealous. <laughs> when I'm alone, I'm <laughs> There, I've got my I see. phone. The, the backup wife. 